today, today we have an amazing guest with us. Uh, you, a lot of you that that follow my page, I think you'll know him from Seven the Lawn back in the day. Uh, also, great movies such as Semi Suit, and uh, I really enjoyed him as a bad guy in uh, Fail Vasquez. I thought that was amazing. Um, he's he's married to the beautiful Christy. They've got two amazing daughters, Eva and Shay. Uh, he's an avid adventurer. He is also the host of Survivor SA. His CV is very long. I'm not going to bore you with everything. Uh, I'd rather just talk to him and welcome to the show. And wherever you are right now, I want you to just give a big, loud applause for, uh, for this amazing guy. His name is Nico Panagiotopoulos or just Nico Panagio. You know, that's good as well. Hey, bro. What's up? What's up? What's up, brother? So good to have you here, man. I mean, I was just—I was just telling the people we had, we've had such a great week and uh, such such amazing guests. And one of our mutual friends, uh, Mr. Frank Rockenback, he was here on Tuesday, and we uh, we had a great conversation. Uh, he says hi, by the way, if you haven't spoken to him in a while. And <laughs> what's up, Frank? Right? What's up? No, we, we 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 talk almost every other day. Um, oh, that's awesome. in between the hustle. Okay, good, good. So. For those guys who are uh, logging in for the first time, this the whole point of this this program is to is for me to kind of just showcase and bring friends of mine that whose stories have inspired me and many others, and so they can share it with you. And the whole point is to get some encouragement, get some hope, get some motivation. Uh, there's we're living in very interesting times, so we can all, all do with a, a good a good scoop of hope every now and again. So I'm hoping and trusting that that will be the case. For us here today and if you're if you're on board i can see there's a lot of people logging on uh, i can see your uh comments it's so great to see you hello everybody susan elmery suzette uh we've got mary we've got joanne vilma uh hello <laughs> uh so cool to see you guys thank hello, you so much hello squidmore you guys must please uh, give comments and reactions, and if you have questions, that's that's cool as well. I'll try to get to those as it is possible. And um, and how how I do this is I like to have a little bit of fun first, bit of an icebreaker, bit of a getting to know you, and and then we get into a bit more of the deep stuff. So I've got a couple of you know these typical questions that you know you and I have gotten so much over the years, and you've interviewed me a few times, so I'm I've. I, I'm I'm kind of liking this that the shoes on the other on the other side. <laughs> uh, so That's I want right. We've done a few a few top billings together, I think, amongst other things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's I think the the we've done a few of those, and I'm not sure what else, but yeah, I've seen you as an MC quite a few times, and uh, it's always a pleasure, bro. But uh, I I want to I want people to get to know some other stuff about you, and and there's some questions that I actually don't know the answers to either. So I thought this could be fun. So let's do the let's do the cheesy uh, teenage magazine thing, and ask you your favorites. So let's let's go first. Favorite color? Oh, sheesh. Um, probably it depends on what we're talking about. If it's clothing, I, I do gravitate towards towards blacks and 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 navy blues. I, I don't I don't know why. And then I love sunflower yellow. Cool. What can I tell you? It must be the Mediterranean in you, bro. <laughs> It's a little bit of the Greek, you know, the Greeks, they like a bit of splash of color yes. and splash of light. You know? So good, so good. Favorite food? You know what? It used to be spaghetti bolognese. It used to be spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. I, I don't know why, since I was a kid. But then, 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 uh, then Christy became the most incredible Thai cook. Like she, we went to Thailand a couple of times and we loved the food and she, she oh, learned wow. how to, she actually did a course in Thailand. And uh, and she, she 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 makes the most delicious Thai Asian salad, and I, I mean this is like chicken and, and 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 her own little chili paste that she makes with with these incredible this this array of, of chopped up Thai veggies, and and as I could eat then 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 and it's funny chili it's funny cannot yeah yeah I also like it is it man uh, you you guys gonna have to invite us for that one time I'm sold on that now. That sounds amazing. So oh, it's delicious. So that, delicious for the Afrikaans people. It's not Thai. Uh, it's Thai. There's a big difference. Well, this, well, this is Thai as a man. Biki van a when die goeie sweet chili sausie ook as jy wil, dan raak hy lekker Thai mos. Ja. Wat die? 
So you you do a lot of you're a very active guy. You do trail running. You're stand up paddleboard, a whole bunch of stuff. You're a very active. Um, but I but today I'm gonna put pressure on you. You have to make a decision. What is your favorite outdoor sport? Trail running, 100. percent Is it? 100. percent I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it. You know, I've done so many so many different things over the years, um, and I only started running later in life. So I I was a, a mountain biker. Um, and, and, and swimmer and I did martial arts at, at school. I played rugby. I did all of that. After school, uh, I carried on with the martial arts and, and, and with the swimming. Um, and, and then I discovered mountain biking and, and, and I just got stuck into that and I did all kinds of things. In 2012, in fact, I actually somehow, by the grace of the Lord, <laughs> managed to complete the, uh, the Absa Cape Epic. I've got a by photo, of, I've got a photo of that. I'm going to show them. So here on the photo page, just look down at the right, bottom right there. there. You'll, see, you'll see his, uh, his photo of him having finished the Epic. That's amazing. That's correct. Well, that's day five, actually. I was actually holding up saying that's day five. It was our dirtiest, muddiest day. You can see by that picture. Yeah, amazing. And, uh, it was such an experience. Uh, but but uh, but like I said, the guy I rode with, he, uh, it was his fifth time. It was it was my first time, and I think I I managed to complete it by, as I said, the grace of God, but also the hand of Sean Christopher, who was my riding partner. And by, I say by his hand because he, the only time he was out of breath is when he was pushing me with his hand in the small of my back from behind. The rest of the sure. time he was just smiling. Oh, my word. Um, but then I, then I discovered trail running at the age of 40, would you believe it? Um, and, and, uh, and, and I haven't stopped since. And, you know, wherever I go riding, I always think, if I, if I go for a, for a mountain bike ride, I always think, man, I can't wait to come back here and run this. So I, I guess that's testament to the fact that I just really, there's something about your feet and the ground and just being so in touch, you know, with, with, awesome. with nature, which is, which is, I think, why we love surfing or, or subboarding as well as like, you're right there, you're in it, you know, and that's why I love winter in the Cape as well, because, uh, uh, you know, it starts raining and storming and it's really crazy, you know, and, and then I put on my gear and Christy says, it's, it's raining, it's, it's storming, where are you going? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know, it's perfect, it's perfect, I'm going for a trail run. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So, so yeah. And your trail dog, your dog sure. is right by your side and you guys have the yeah. mountain right behind you. They live in Simonstown, for those who don't know. It's amazingly beautiful. Now, just don't give away my exact address, please. Oh, well, I'll try, I'll try not to. Don't worry, bro. <laughs> your secret is safe with me. <laughs> All right. Um, so, no, it's good. What do you want to say? No, no, go ahead. I'm listening. I'm taking a sip of sparkling water. Good. Sparkling That's water. so, so healthy. So Capetonian of you. Uh, almost like your comments about, you know, being in touch with Mother Nature. Um, <laughs> so as an actor, no. <laughs> as an actor, I'm sure that, you know, you also study a lot of movies over the years. You've, you've got your favorite actors, favorite movies. Uh, I want to know, do you have a favorite movie one-liner? I mean, we know some great uh, there's these one-liners that just, you know, they stand the test of time. People use them in conversation. Do you have a favorite movie one-liner from, from a famous film? Oh, okay, you've got me on the spot. I know what the movie line is. I'm trying to think um, which film it was in. It's that Spanish actor, uh, um, Antonio Banderas. Oh, yeah? Antonio Banderas. I'll, uh, the, the name of the film will come to me now, but there's a point. It, he, was a, he was a Mexican um, kind of like a Mexican kind of, you know, a gun, gunslinger. And at some point he's facing off against these guys and he goes like this, let's play. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I remember that movie. I've kind of, he had his guns in, in a guitar he, case, right? Like, that's right. He was like the, 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 the Mexican something or other, something or other. Yeah, we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll figure it out. Oh, that's a and, good um, one. I love that. And that, it was just this perfect shot. And I think you could hear the crack in his neck as well as he went. Yeah. Let's yeah. play. And that beautiful Antonio Banderas accent. I love it. I love it. Let's play. And, and uh, you know, there's, I wonder how hard that editor worked on getting that Foley sound right with the neck cracking. Because that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We hope so. We hope it was a sound design. <laughs> so, you know, once upon a time, you you were single. You were, you know, uh, dreaming of your wife, and um, and you probably had a few a few pickup lines up your sleeve. What was what was your best and most successful one? You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I um, I never used pickup lines because I was too freaking shy, you know. So, so I really I was quite a shy guy when I was when I was younger. Um, so I didn't make use of them. Uh, I, I made um, 
I'm trying to think what we would, what we would, if we had to encapsulate it in a uh, as as a tactic. Uh, I can't think of, of of what I would call it now, but one of the best pickup lines I've ever heard was by a, a girlfriend of of mine. And if she liked a guy, she'd go and stand next to him, yeah. and she'd stand there for a few moments, and 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 then um, and then she'd suddenly turn around and say to him quite suddenly, "Did you just touch my butt?" And and if he says, "No, no, no, I didn't," she'd go, "Why not?" <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, so. Word. Luckily, luckily she never used it on me. We were just friends, but uh, I think Christy and I often laugh at that line. He's a friend of, of Christy's as well. That's a great one. I love it. And uh, last one of these favorites, what's your favorite quote? Um, my favorite quote would be by Jesus Christ. Um, In this world, you will have trouble, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Powerful. Um, and, and I think, it, you know... There's so many great quotes out there, um, but I think I think that's one of the ones that that stick with me. And I mean, obviously, Jesus is my hero, so he's going to be on the top list of of quotes. So he's got some pearlers, you know. Beautiful. Um, and then uh, yeah, and then I wrote my own quote one day long ago. I had to come up with a, some magazine asked me to come up with like a quote that I live by. And slogan. Jeez, like, oh, what am I going to yeah, do? So, yeah. Yeah, slogan. Yeah. So I spent weeks or days rather just trying to work out the best slogan, you know, and eventually. I really waxed lyrical and I said, um, I said, in, in the face of adversity, when all other avenues have been exhausted and passion is all that remains, that is when true creativity begins and adversity becomes the muse. And so you, you really need a glass of wine to understand any of that, to be that's, quite honest. What beautiful. it really means is, what it really means is a boermaker plan. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Griekse Boerki has a plan. That's good. I love it. So good. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Okay. So you're the, you're the host of Survivor SA. You've done a couple of seasons now. There's hopefully going to be one soon again. Here's hoping. Um, what, what is the... Uh, that when, might, when, when, when. Not yes. if. When, yes, yes. Not if. Sorry. Hashtag. Speak life. Yes. Um, what is... That made me think. What is the worst thing that you've survived yourself? The Cape Epic, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that that that. Um, the worst thing that, and it immediately springs to mind, is about twenty six years ago. I was in a in a car accident, and I I broke my femur, a complete sure. fracture, so bad that I had to get a metal pin put into my leg, hammered into my leg, um, which luckily they took out um, a year later. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to be trail running and mountain biking and all the things that I'm enjoying now. Um, and that was absolutely um, life-changing, devastating, uh, because I was 11 hours uh, after the accident, I was supposed to fly to Europe to go work on a kibbutz in Israel, after which I then would move to um, to Greece to go work in a nightclub that um, one of my cousins had arranged a job there for me. Not a cousin, actually, one of my friends, Hendrin. Hendrin, you know who And she'd arranged this most incredible job for me to work in the summer in Greece in an, on an island um, in one of the best nightclubs in, in, um, in uh, I think it was Santorini, yeah. And, uh, and then I had a car accident. Um, sure. Possibly the worst part of it was my girlfriend, was waiting for me in Israel at the kibbutz and we were going to go on this European tour together, my girlfriend of the time. So I think, again, it was quite a poignant moment in my life because possibly uh, things wouldn't have turned out in my life the way they had. I think like our good father does, he turned that into so many positives um, and I, I learned a lot from that. Wow, that's amazing. Sure. Um, I want to know if in your uh, vast experience of being on film sets and stuff, if, there, if you can recall a, uh, maybe a most embarrassing moment. <laughs> I'm going with the ones that pop into my head first, okay? So, cool, cool, so go. So I remember way back Survivor um, Santa Carolina, Mozambique. The island was called Paradise Island, but we called it Santa Carolina Island. And it was this beautiful, gorgeous island with these old ruins on it and, and this old hotel ruin. And that was also the site of our tribal council. And, and I would be upstairs in top of these ruins would be my kind of dressing room. But it was in this old broken down, you know, uh, hotel building and no windows and stuff. And I yeah. had my own little area up there. Okay. I, I was prepping for tribal council. 
and um, and we were very um, kind of guerrilla set at that at that stage of the game. <laughs> you know, you kind of did your own hair, makeup, all of that stuff. And um, I remember at one point I was I was I was dressing and I had my stuff on and I was putting on uh, translucent powder so that so the lights don't shine on your face. You know, I was mm. standing there putting powder on my face. And on this little mirror, I had this tiny little mirror like this, and I'm busy putting powder on my face. And as I'm putting on, I notice movement out the corner of my eye and I look down and I see all of the contestants who are about to come into tribal council standing with their torches and they're all looking up at me going, and there's the host <laughs> of Survivor putting makeup on his face. Oh my so, goodness. You know, the host of Survivor doesn't wear makeup, guys. Come of on. Course, he doesn't yeah. sweat. That Brains, is, I don't get wet, you know. Yeah, you just, you just, you are the Survivor. <laughs> you have to be. Yeah. That's amazing. So the facade was 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 obliterated in there with, with with a stroke of a brush. Oh my word! So my next question was maybe you've answered that as well now because my next question was going to be funniest moment on the Survivor set that you can recall, like a behind the scenes funny moment. Would that also be the same thing, or do you have another funny behind the scenes story for us? Well, you know what? There's so many so many crazy things happen. Um, uh, um, amazing things, uh, amazing stories. Again, one of the ones that pop into my mind is is uh, maybe not so f not not as funny as as, as what it is. Uh, just one of the, the heartwarming things that happens. Um, myself and and um, and Larue, who's the uh, the series director, we have this the saying that we that we've come up with. Uh, well, essentially, what happened was one time things were just really crazy. We were on on a, a rubber dinghy scooting across the ocean. It was dark. It was night. We had just come back from tribal council, which was out in the water. This was in the Philippines. There was a massive storm coming. The, the harbor safety patrols had let us know that we need to get back to the mainland ASAP because those, those bays become terribly dangerous mm. uh, and tumultuous if there's, if there's sure. storms and you get crazy storms in the Philippines. And we had to get back and we were, we were bulleting across the water. We were holding on for dear life, bouncing all over the place. Hey, Hanging on, yeah. and uh, and myself and Albie, you know, we, we look up at each other and, and we just catch each other's eyes in, in someone's torchlight, and and I look at him and I shout, "This is why we came!" <laughs> and the rain is pelting down on us, and he looks at me and he gets this big beautiful smile on his face and he goes, "This is why we came!" You know, that was kind of our that was kind of our slugspick, our slogan for for every moment. When it's tough, you know, yeah. when things get really hairy on set, we just look at each other and sometimes it's a whisper and sometimes it's a, a victorious, joyous shout, but it's kind of our way of saying this, we wouldn't have it any other way. This is what we love. That's amazing. I love it. It's, it's, uh, you can maybe even write a book one day, The Confessions of a Survivor Host. <laughs> host. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Oh, there are so many stories. Yeah. The next question I had for you was, uh, we spoke about the funniest thing that happened. You had a, a great story. I love that. It was really good. And But I also enjoy about hanging out with you, brothers, that you're very good with accents. And uh, so I wanted to I wanted to give you a, uh, let's say, tongue-in-cheek survivor challenge to, to, to give us an example of how you would open the survivor episode when it starts again in your Greek accent. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you do you want me to to sing the music intro music as well with a Greek accent or? Yes, that would be really entertaining. <laughs> no, let's rather not. Heinz. Let's rather not. Uh, bro, that's all right. Funny. Welcome to the next season of Survivor. My name is Nico Panagio. As you know, I'm the host of Survivor. Every one of you looks like you are ready to do this. How are you all feeling? That is the true question. How are you feeling right now? You, the one with the glasses. That look intellectual, the Clark Kent kind of guy. Your name? What is your name, boy? You, Heinz. Heinz. What is your name? Heinz. Hans. 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 Yes, Ice. Hans. Give you Hans. Hi, it's a very good name. Are you scared? You're a little bit scared of this. You ready to do this? Oh, I, I, I am very afraid, very scared. But I, I, I'm here for the money. I want to win the money. Well, it's not just about the money, Heinz. It's about the journey. If you come for the money. Maybe you're going to not get money. You have one shot in 20 to get the money. If you come for the journey, I guarantee you will have an adventure. Thank you for that advice. I'll take that advice. I'm, yes, let's do the journey. <laughs> okay, let's do it. That's brilliant, bro. I love it. I think they should make that change. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. I could, I, could also, I could also do, uh, do it as, as, as Mandela 
as uh, as a descendant of Nelson Mandela. Oh my word! Welcome, welcome to uh, the next episode of a Survivor. All of you are looking like you are ready to play, <laughs> but uh, you know. You can't come into this again. You're very thin. You come with an extra. <laughs> My people. You so don't good. come with a six pack. I'm starting to become Italian, aren't I? You a don't come bit. with a six pack. <laughs> you come with an extra kilograms and we give you the six pack. <laughs> oh man, I love it. It's so good. You you are married to the beautiful Christy. You've got two precious daughters. Uh, I, I would just wanted, uh, I want to know, and I want our, our viewers to know as well, what is your favorite thing about each one of them? Favorite thing about Christy, Shay, Eva? We'd love to hear that. Well, well let's start with my, my gorgeous wife. My favorite thing is that since she came into my life, um, my life has been filled with light. And, and um, obviously the first person who brings light into your life is, is our, our, our Lord, our Father, when he enters your heart, when you're reborn. But um, I think it's, it's exponentialized when you meet your partner for life. And, and that's mm. what Christy is. She is light. Even, even when, when she's not at her best, her presence in my life is, is light, uh, almost a reflection of Christ. And, um, and so, so that's what I love the most about her. She has a zest and a joy and a, a love for, for, for life and for enjoying moments that, um, that kind of just ignites everyone around her. And she's incredibly, incredibly loyal, trustworthy, honest and sincere, qualities that are so rare these days. Um, the thing I love about Eva is that um, she, she bursts out of bed in the morning with a big smile on her face, ready for the day. She's got an unending energy. Um, she's always up for, for whatever challenge is thrown her way. She is athletic and she's this natural dancer. She's, since she was a little baby, she, had this, she was incredibly graceful. So the way she, when she sleeps, she sleeps like she's in the middle of a, the execution of, of something out of you know, a, a, a ballet a <laughs> recital. Um, and, and she loves writing. She loves writing, which is one of my passions as well. So she's already started writing books and she writes essays and she just loves that. Wow. What I love about Shay is, is that she's so connected from a young age. Look, everyone is, but Shay's got exudes this 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 um, holy connection with 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 God. She's incredibly spiritual, and and she says profound things. Every now and then, she'll come up with the most profound thing, and we'll all just look at her mouth agape and be like, mm. "Where did you? How? It only makes sense if 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 you've just had an engagement with the Lord, you know." And sure. and and Shay is. She's so courageous. She's got so much chutzpah. So she's 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 very um, uh, um, gentle and 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 tender. But I tell you what, put her on a bike and give her a dirt track, and she goes like 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 you know, <laughs> like, like she was born on it. You know, oh, and everybody be like, whoa, be careful, because she's prone to falling as well. So I could I could gush unendingly about that's so about beautiful. all my girls. Uh, I'm I'm a very wealthy man. I know. And I, I knew that question would not be a problem for you because I've seen you do it so many times, just, you know, praising them and enjoying them and, and seeing so much promise and life and the gold in them. And you bring it out so well. And yeah, just, yeah, it's amazing to, to see you in action with your family, bro. It's really, it's an honor to know you on that That's level. Kind. So I would... The, That's kind. That's kind. Thank you, bro. <laughs> pleasure, man. So the, the main point of these, these sessions is to share with people the, the way that God's love has unlocked your life. And because I really believe that each one's story on that level has the potential to be an inspiration, to be an encouragement to someone else. So I would love for you to, to share your moment uh, or process of getting to know Jesus and, and seeing how He his love unlocked your life into uh, its full potential. Well, okay, so so we need about uh, you know a good four or five hours um, <laughs> to to uh, to delve into it appropriately. But uh, but well, let, let's do the nutshell version. You know, I was very blessed to to know God um, and and to and to have a thirst to know Him at a young age. And if I remember correctly, I think I was about. 
11 or 12 years old when I when I gave my heart um, to Jesus when I was reborn. It was at a church, uh, you know, it was one of those being called up to the front. And, um, and I remember it was actually quite funny because we were at my cousin's church and um, and, and there was, the, you know, the call to, to, to alter. And, and, and my cousin and I looked at each other and we were like, let's do this, man. Let's do this. And we went up and, uh, and we, we, we said the, the sinner's prayer and we gave our hearts to Jesus. And when we got back to our seats, his mother berated us and said, what are you guys doing? This is not a joke. This is not funny. This is serious. You know, you, you can't just go and do that just because for the, for the fun of it. And I looked at it and I said to her, but, but I, I was serious. Wow. And, and I really was. But I think, but I think what's, what's what, um, kind of testament to how one doesn't realize, you know, when you, when you give your heart to Christ, that's not the end of, you know, an, a long, arduous journey. That's actually the beginning of, of a wonderful um, a- adventure with God and, and getting close and getting to know him. So your journey with him actually only starts there. And a lot of the, the pruning, which is the tough part, the pruning of all that he doesn't want with you, because when you invite him into your life, you invite him to reshape who you are, to reshape your character, to reshape you into the way that you're meant to be. Because from the moment we're born into this world, the world starts shaping us and we, and we know who's in control of the world, right? Mm. And so our parents and the influences we have try and kind of, uh, um, you know, prevent that from happening in a negative way. But, you know, the, the, the one who's in, in power in this world, he's got, he's got wiles, you know, he's got ways of going about things and uh, he's very wily. And, and, um, and, and he gets to shape us a little. And when you give your heart to Christ, he starts undoing the damage of that. But it's a process. And I think the process started there. But I think where, where a very poignant moment for me came to fruition was, uh, was uh, on my knees in a toilet cubicle in a um, shopping mall many years later when I'd become a professional nightclubber. Sure. We would club from uh, Thursday nights to to Sunday afternoons, um, and, uh, and and it was you know if you think back, it, I had some amazing memories from those days. Really awesome. It was when the rave scene just hit South Africa. <laughs> Unfortunately, we knew all the DJs. We knew all the DJs, so we were like 18, 19. We had VIP entries to the the most incredible clubs <laughs> around Pretoria and Johannesburg. Um, so along with that uh, incredible. Um, uh, how shall I say, um, accolade uh, comes the, the the disaster of of the environment in which you find yourself, which is hedonism, and um, and just everything about it draws you away from God and the love He wants for you because it's all the whole thing about nightlife and about clubbing and about the wrong music and about, of course, um, the other elements that go with it is that it's it's layers and layers that are placed between you and, and, and God. And, you know, and, and eventually you, you become so far from him that you feel empty and sure. lost and far removed. And, yeah. and though we were a massive friendship circle at that stage, um, I'd never felt so alone in my life. So, so, so I'd spent a few years in this, you know, in this youth of, of, of partying and nightclubbing. And, uh, and, and as I say, many amazing memories, but way too many uh, memories of emptiness and mm. thirstiness and, sure. and searching for God and, and, and searching for a reconnection. Because when I was young, when I was a, a, you know, a, a, a young teenager, I had such a closeness with God because I'd given my heart to him so early. I had felt such a, I had some profound experiences um, with God. And I had no doubt, I've never had doubt in my heart and my mind that he existed. Uh, but I have left him behind and walked away. Sure. And I remember being in this, well, I went, I went to, the, to the restrooms and I went to this cubicle and I was moved. And I, and I said, and I just fell on my knees in this toilet cubicle and I just needed this moment of privacy away mm. from all the movement and the loudness. Mm. And I said to God, please, I need you to take me away from this world. I need you to get me out of here. And I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, if you don't do something, when I leave here and I walk back in there, I feel like I'm going to get lost in this world. I beg you, please save me. Sure. And I remember leaving the, 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 the restrooms and, and, and walking out, walking back towards the party. And, um, and as I walked, I just felt the strength surge up in me. And I remember walking into the party uh, to one of my mates who, I'd, who, I'd, uh, you know, um, who was waiting for me. And, I, and I, said, I went up to him. I said to him, listen, I've got to go. 
And, and he said to me, what are you talking about? You just got here. The, the party's just started. It's mm. going to be amazing. You've got mm. all these amazing things planned. And I said to him, no, 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 I've got to go. I've got to, I've got to go. Wow. And he knew because he knew I'd been speaking about my need to just get out of that world. And he looked at me and he said, oh, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, it was a very profound moment. And, and, and I think that was also the last time he and I saw each other. Unfortunately, he passed away uh, a couple of years ago. And, and uh, I don't think we ever saw each other again um, as, as close friends. He was one of my close mates. And um, it, was, it was straight after that that so many amazing things happened in my life because as I walked away from the party, the scales, the, the weight just fell off my back. As I was walking, I became lighter and lighter and lighter. I remember driving home with this big smile on my face, this energy about me. And within the next couple of weeks, I changed my entire life. I started studying drama. At drama school, I met my wife, wow. uh, the girl who would become my, my wife one day. And and I I discovered, uh, you know, um, a whole new world that I that I never would have, and I, I've never looked back. And that was for me a turning point in my life. It mm. was a, a very profound moment. Sure, that's so good. Thanks for sharing that, bro. It's, uh, it's those vulnerable moments uh, that that we we are, you know, there's a massive decision put before us. Um, I remember, you know, I was, I had a, I had a many many moments like that. I, I know there's the one that, you know, it's your really now I've committed my life to Jesus moment when it really counted. But then there's many along the way. And, and your story reminded me of one, um, you know, God, when I was a bachelor, just coming out of, of, out of idols and, you know, having the world at your fingertips, being able to do whatever you want, go wherever you want, and people invite you to everything. And, you know, all that kind of stuff was just kind of available. Um, God made yeah. sure that there was, always, there was always someone staying with me that love Jesus and that would uh, ask me the hard questions. <laughs> and yeah. uh, at that stage, I had, a, I had a friend staying with me and he, he came up to me the one day and, uh, and he said to me that he can see, when he looks at me, he sees a crossroad. He sees, I've got, I've got two, two choices before me. I can either go the one way yeah. or the other way. And he just left it. And I knew exactly what he was saying and what he was talking about. And it's those moments. I mean, you could have stood up from that cubicle and decided, you know, ugh, whatever, it was just a weird emotional moment, but I'm going to keep dancing. But the, the fact that you decided and then went with it, that is, I mean, that's, that's the key. Um, and and it, it also speaks to having had that real moment with, with Jesus. Um, yeah, that, that's what makes the difference. And that, you can see that on someone's life. This whole week I've been speaking to people that, that have had those moments and it's so inspiring and amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, something. No, that thank you. And you're right. I think. I think that that what also happens is, is that, uh, forever after that, um, you know, for the rest of my life after that, whenever I've, I've come to a point where, I, where, I, I mean, it's never been. I've never been that far away again from God. I've always endeavoured to stay close to Him because, because my life falls apart when I. When I don't spend time with him, my you know things really start going wrong, and mm. and, and you know we live in the we live in the real world, so stuff happens. You you get busy, you start forgetting about you know rooting yourself. You don't put on the armor, and and you know you'll get days where things are just really really crashing around us, and it's almost like alarm bells that go off. And I say to Christy and the kids, come here, come here quickly, come guys, come, come, come. We've got to pray. <laughs> we have to pray. And then we all mm. huddle together. Beautiful. And pray against whatever it is, you know. And, so good. And, and it's just it's because of that moment, one's reminded that when, when things, when you feel far from God, it's not him that has left you. It's you that has walked away. But the beautiful thing is, no matter how far you walk away from him, when you turn around, he's standing right there mm. waiting for you. So you don't have to trek all the way back. He's just right there. He's always been right there, just waiting for you to turn. And when you do, it's like, whoa, hey, hey, Lord, you're right there. So it's a beautiful <laughs> moment, isn't it? I love it. It's so true. And we, we, I think we, we spoke about it yesterday as well. And, I, and I, I shared with people, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my Christian walk is that I actually need to choose Jesus daily. I actually, it's a, mm. it has to be a cognitive, purposeful decision saying yes to Him. Uh, because you, you, it's it's that quick that you can, like you say, lose a bit of your way. You know, let the busyness of life Absolutely. take over and all that stuff. You, you and I have had quite a few conversations 
um, about being in the entertainment industry. We're in different fields in the entertainment industry, but we, we share this thing that we don't have a salary and that income is, is not predictable uh, and is very uncertain. And uh, I've, I've learned a lot from just talking to you about it, just you know, having that soundboard. And, and, and I'm sure, especially in the time we're in now, there's, there's many people out there that, that may be in similar situations, maybe even people in the, in the entertainment industry that, that are going, man, how do I get through this? And how do we navigate this? And, and I know you and I have had many seasons where we didn't know where the next paycheck's going to come from. Um, so can you share a little bit of what you've learned, how to get through times like that? Please, thanks. Hans, you know what? Two, two things popped to mind, um, you know, when, when we talk about that. And yes, we have had some really awesome chats and it's been um, a steel sharpening steel for both of us. So mm -hmm. I, I thank you for that. And, and I think one needs that. One needs to be open to communicate with your mates. I think there's almost nothing worse than, than when people are all evidently going through a rough time. And, and, and when, you know, you chat to some people, they're like, oh, no, no, everything's fine. I feel great. Everything's mm. perfect. I mean, who wouldn't want to just, you know, this is amazing. And you've got to see the, the silver lining in everything. And, and life is good. And we're so blessed. And, and that's all blessed. fine as well. But I think if you hashtag blessed, you know, 2020, <laughs> all that nonsense. And the truth of the matter is no one's really experiencing it that way. People are stressed. Yeah. People are feeling, um, you know, uh, put out in the sense that the stability is gone. No one knows what the future holds and, 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 and you want to be able to discuss that and bounce that off people. And, and when, when you do that, you, you kind of get strength from one another. So I think yeah. to be honest and sincere about when you're down and then to be honest and sincere with sharing when you're up and picking mm. others up, you know, mm. because we, we're all doing this. No one is here all the time. Mm. And when people make as if they're here all the time and, and, and you know they're not, then, then it, that's great for them, but, it, but, it, but then there's no sincerity and there's no connection. And I think connection is very important during this time. So surround yourself with people that you can share with, not only unload on, but that you can give and take with, because yeah. it's always give and take. No one, no one can stand anyone who's constantly unloading. You've got to sometimes <laughs> take someone's load. Yeah. And if you see your mate and see that your mate's not having a good one, you know, you, you and I would, would sometimes send, send each other t text messages, hey, how are you feeling today? Yeah. Hey, I had a, you know, I had a, a, a thought, are, are you okay? You know, and, and I think that's what's so important is, is acknowledging that we're all in this together and that we need to lift each other up all the time and, and carry each other, but also share when you need to. Um, that's one thing. And the, the other thing that's very important is I was very blessed to become part of a task force uh, feeding scheme. And we went into the townships, especially for those first few weeks of, of lockdown when there was no one else providing for these people who were living hand to mouth. And we have an amazing neighborhood that would make sandwiches, you know, and, and, and eggs and fruit, and we'd make little packages. And then I would take the packages into the townships with a bunch of other people in the task force. And I would go into these townships and see all these hungry people and, you know, people living in these, in these incredible circumstances, incredibly uh, sometimes derelict circumstances. And I would see these happy, smiling faces on many of them. I would see just positive people and positive energy. And you know what wow. it brought home to me is, you know what's amazing is when you're in the presence of God, mm. it doesn't matter whether you live in a shack or in a chalet. It's the presence of God that brings us true peace and so joy good. and promise. So and good. I know of people who live in chalets and they are so disturbed and so mm. broken, they mm. in fact need to take chemicals to uplift their spirits. And then I see these people who live in shacks and they can't afford you know, medi medications or or or, or um, uh, instant gratification in the form of going for some retail therapy or you know a bottle of wine. They all they have is the sandwich and the Holy Spirit, and yet they are flourishing, thriving. And it brought home to me that I always wondered, but Lord, how? How? Because the Bible says, you know. In, in this world, you will have trouble, and especially in reference to the end times, that, and who knows where we are in that timeline, but, but one can smile, we can taste that we are, we're in the end times. This is, the world is, the world is, is facing some real tribulation, 
And, and if that's the case, remember the Lord said, I will be with you. And I always thought, but, but what about the people who are in the streets or sleeping mm. in the streets? And what mm. about the people in shacks? And, and how, you know, we, we equate, I will be with you with, with material gain or financial prosperity. So true. But I will be with you is not that. I will be with you is Matthew 6 verse 33 was that I will give you the things you need in the moment that you need them. Mm. And one of the things we all need the most is the presence of God. And so we, we after stressing and freaking out about what's going to come and what's going to happen, we, we, my wife and I sat down, Christy and I, we sat down and we rested ourselves in this and we said, okay, okay, we don't know what's coming. But what we do know is that the Lord will carry us through this and we have to put on the armor every day. Rest Amen. in Him. When we get freaked out, yes. come to Him. Go yes. on our knees. When so you wake good. up at three thirty in the morning, go on your knees. Say your prayers. God didn't wake you up so you could lie there worrying. Mm. He woke you up so you had quiet time so you could <laughs> pray. And then spend time with your family. Enrich your children with 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 prayer time. And then, you know, just just also. And remember, and this is, I think, the most beautiful thing is, and, and I'm sorry I'm talking so long, but I'm very passionate about this. I'm also That's reminded when it. the Israelites were in the desert, when the Israelites were in the desert and, and God, and they said, God, we need food. We need food. God, we need food. And we need meat. And he said, okay, okay, chill, guys. I mean, I'm providing for you. I'll give you food. I'll give you meat. I'll tell you what. Every morning you go out and you can you collect the manna. It'll just be lying on the ground. You go out and you fetch the manna. But don't store any of it because tomorrow I'll put more out. Yeah. Okay, don't store any of the manna. I'll give you more tomorrow. So the people would go out and they'd collect the manna and it was beautiful. Apparently it tasted like like, 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 like coriander seed crackers. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know where I read that, but I, it, all I know is that it was delicious apparently and mm. incredibly nutritious. Mm. And, and, um, and some people did store because they didn't trust that God would put more manna out the next yeah. day. And what happened to the manna? They stored it. Got when they opened up the, it was <laughs> full of worms. Yeah. It rotted overnight. Yeah. So when we try to provide for ourselves with whatever we do, without trusting God, the things that we put our faith in will turn to worms. Only God, only His presence and His favor and His gifts are truly nourishing and will truly carry us through. And that's not to say we can't have material things and enjoy them mm. and want them and, and need them, but but it's, it is to say that we should not worship them. Yeah. We should wor worship Him. And and I think that's that's what comes to mind. There's so many more things I could say, but I know that we, we, we're pressed for time. No, it's good. Um, I, that's, I love it. That's so encouraging and, and, and helpful and, and so true. Uh, yeah, that's... that's very well said, and I think that that would help and inspire a lot of people. Um, the other thing that that we share is a passion for for family, passion for marriage, and uh, and and with Love Key, we really believe that it's so important for families to to know Jesus, to have Him as a cornerstone, uh, because you know you and I can't be the best men, husbands, and fathers that God wants us to be if we're not in relationship with Him. And uh, so I would, I would love for you to just maybe share from your perspective, your experience, the, the things that you've seen. Uh, maybe, you know, like, like me, you've, you've had moments where you tried it your way and you kind of went, oh my word, it doesn't work. <laughs> and, uh, and now you can look back and go, you know, this is, this is, th these are the things that I would say is important for your marriage and important when you are parenting. If you can maybe share some of those golden nuggets you've picked up along the way, that would be really amazing. Absolutely. You know, what comes to mind is, is uh, and I'm going to use the perspective of, of a film set, especially a, a small budget film set. On a film set, every single person employed <clears throat> by that production has a very specific task. And they usually the, the best you can get at that job, okay? And, and no one person does someone else's work. Every person has a very particular task that they have to um, execute. And if they don't, the whole production suffers because mm. of it. And so, and so I liken a marriage to that. I, I, you know, one cannot operate without the other. 
One is not more important than the other. You'll often hear, and you'll agree with me, Heinz, um, it's all fine and well if you're singing at your most beautiful, but the audio guy doesn't capture it in the most perfect way for the medium that you're working on and then broadcast it in a way that people who are viewing it can actually hear it. And so it doesn't matter how great you, you might be singing, it's worthless mm. if it's not handled by someone who's really good at their job. Absolutely. And the same with being on screen. It would be great me standing there, uh, you know, you know, hosting a show or presenting or, or even playing a character in a film and there's no one to, to capture it on film so that one can see it later and then it's worth nothing. And so without, without the great, a great cameraman, what I'm doing is, is worthless. Um, but even more so, a director can't work without these, in, these incredible inputs from all the people doing their thing. A director is worthless without his, his crew. And I think... I think God is our director mm. and, and I think he's given each of us a certain task. And when it comes to a husband and a wife, I think it's 100% fair to say that we are so equal, but she's got a job and I've got a job. Yeah. And if I don't do my job, she's got to pick up where I'm dropping the ball. Sure. And if she doesn't do her job, I've got to pick up where she's dropping mm, the ball. So good. And together, we're just so much stronger and in synergy, we're so much more able to, to perform the task of being a husband, a wife, a lover, um, a mother, a father, and, and, then, and a unit. And I think, especially when it comes to being a family, you know that, that when you're alone without, with the kids, without your wife, it's just it's exponentially harder <laughs> than when she's there. Yeah. <laughs> especially when it's, when it's that way around. The other way around, they, they can still cope. But believe me, and I know a letter will say the same, Christy will be the first one to say, I need you, I need my husband, I want my husband, I respect my husband. And I love that. And my wife is, and your wife as well, they're both so capable and so yeah. dynamic. Mm. Um, but they love and respect our position as the husbands in, in their lives. And we love and respect their position as wives. And not one is essentially more important than the other. But we have jobs to perform. And I think the secret of, of performance, of efficient performance in the way that we're meant to is communication. That's always going to be my most um, important uh, touch point is yeah. communication. You know, most strife, most discord is due to a, a, a lack of communication. And when you find strife and discord, if you look at the situation we're in now politically in the world and what's happening all over the world, um, it's interesting that the Bible says nation will rise against nation. Mm. The Greek original term is uh, ethnos, ethnos against ethnos. That's not country against country. Yeah. That's race yeah. against race. Sure. And guess what? Mm. When, you know what the difference is between people? is only lack of communication. Yeah. Because when people get to communicate, all of the propaganda, the nefarious agenda to break up people by, by use of their race, that falls away because true communication lets people see, hey, hang on a second, we're so similar and all we actually all want is a place and peace. Yeah. And that's, that's true of most people in the world. And I think w when we microcosm it back to the family again, and we look at a husband and a wife, communication, communication, the breakdown of that leads us to fill the gaps. If we don't communicate, we start filling the gaps with what we think is going on. Assumptions, yeah. And usually, usually those assumptions lead to, uh, to, to, to the wrong um, understanding of a situation. And so... I think it's so important to, to communicate and, and, and fill, and this is a very lovely line, I'll tell you now where it comes from, but fill your mind with truth so that there's no space for lies. That's good. It's, sure. it's, it's, a, it's such a wonderful thought. You know, uh, the world is full of lies. It's lying to us every single day, in every single way, in yeah. advertising, in, in propaganda, and then in, in social media. And if you've got truth in you, there's no space for lies. And I think that's what we must strive for with our husbands, with our wives, with our children. If you are harboring a lie that you, that you, that, that's between you and your wife, you and your husband, you need to expose it and you need to showcase it and you need to expunge it because it's between you. And I think that's very important. And then communication. Sure. That's powerful. I, can I just ask you a follow-up question? You... you I think it's so true about communication and goes for parenting as well. 
it's it's how you relate um but you know you know, there's different ways of communicating and uh what would you say is the the key ingredient to healthy communication with your spouse with your children you know i think what's so beautiful about the way that that our father made us is we're all so incredibly unique right mm. and I, you know i know i know different people talk about love language and stuff i don't prescribe to um to you know to say oh my love language is this or that or the other i think um, i think we're all mixtures of so many different things we're so dynamic to try mm. and put it down to one little thing or to to uh, an enneagram or whatever it is that one believes in um or, or kind of uses as a as a tool i think that's that's actually selling how dynamic we are a little short yeah. um, but we've also been we've been given the tools to interpret one another uh, to interpret what energy that person is giving out and if you spend a little bit of time to try and understand someone's um way of communication you very soon start realizing oh it's this oh it's that this pushes buttons this doesn't mm. when he, when when you get angry i must i must do this when 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 you're like this i mustn't push your buttons um i remember the other day it was it was during lockdown i was trying to set up the printer hines <laughs> because we had to print schoolwork yeah i i loaned a printer from a neighbor because our printer was shot long time ago i got a lovely wireless printer you set it up put it on your wifi and you can print from your phone from your macbook from your very nice freaking mind you know who knows what else you know <laughs> and i'm trying to set up I'm trying to set up this marvel of technology. Now you know me. I'm a tech junkie. I love tech. You know, yeah. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. Um, uh, you know, I don't. I, I mean, we all struggle with it, but I, I managed to find ways. But this this printer just wouldn't. It was from the depths of darkness, and so I'm struggling with this thing, and it's taking literally half my day, and I've got a million other things to do, oh, and I'm resetting man. it and watching YouTube videos. And at one point, I know those moments. I just it gets too much, and I turn around. I turn around, and I and I'm like, and I look, and I look at Christian. I go, oh, boy. and she looks at me, and she just walks straight up to me. She puts her arms around me, and she holds me. Wow. And the minute she did that, you know, my head went over her shoulder and I'm like, oh gosh, you know, and and I look up and I see Shay, my little one, tapping Eva on the shoulder and they were busy drawing and she goes and they both come running and they also hug me. Oh. And we stood there in dead silence. And I tell you all the anger and frustration just melted out of me and I was Wow. I was like, oh, and I, I tell you tears came to my eyes and I looked at them and I said You guys have no idea sure. what you just did for me. Thank wow. you. And all the frustration left and so I good. think I can almost guarantee that if Christy turned around and said to me, "Can you just stop freaking out please?" and you know, I would have blown up. Yeah. I probably yeah. would have would, would have would have put that printer out of its misery, you know, and and <laughs> and, and I'm not given to violence. In that moment, I, I was I was ready to send it back to the depths of darkness. and um and all that anger just left all that frustration just left and what was beautiful for me was not only that Christy did that but that Shay saw that mm. and without a word said sure. to her sister hey hey look what we need to help dad wow. we need to and they encircled me i tell you what you know when when your family does that satan doesn't have a sure. toehold in your life my friend. he that does and that's why he hates families mm. that's why he hates families yeah. a family it was a physical expression of the spiritual strength that is for in a family as well and so yeah it was so beautiful for me that moment it was so poignant and so um it taught me so much for the rest of lockdown we were like when stuff goes wrong let's just huddle you know <laughs> yeah what i love about that is it's a it's a physical expression of love that and and shows your wife's wisdom and also how well she knows you Uh, but there's also that beautiful Indeed. there's also that beautiful spiritual side of it that you know we're a unit and even with a with a printer that frustrates you know you so much we we go through it together <laughs> and I, that's so beautiful yeah. and inspiring Absolutely. and it, it definitely challenges me to handle situations like that better in my life because i i i've had my moments as well where i have to you have a blow up moment and you just kind of go okay Huh? You know, I need to go yeah, back. I mean, with all this tech, yeah. just just today, the, the the strife that you and I went through behind oh, the scenes to man. try and get this set up because 
wireless and that. I mean, I've become a lighting technician and audio technician. You know, I've got all kinds of of new tech. You know, for audio and yeah. you know, and, and then and then there's so many wires everywhere, and you've got to get you know. And eventually, you're like, "What am I doing?" Mm. You know, I mean, this is utter madness. You know, but. But you and, do what you gotta, you know. You do then, what you gotta. Yeah, and then you realize that thing that you said earlier about you know, a, a film set. There's a reason why there's a person for every job. Because <laughs> when you try mm-hmm. to do it all yourself, oh, it's tough, eh? Yeah. But you luckily, know what I just realized? Luckily, we Hang still on two are doing it. Hang on two seconds. Yeah, no worries. Hang on two seconds. We're hanging on, bro. We're hanging on. We're waiting in anticipation. So, so, you can hear me, but you can't see me. So what's happening is, for some reason, my my phone is not charging. As we're talking about tech issues, I can see my phone is like on. <laughs> on okay, there. Yeah, I think I, got, I managed to get it going again. You're back on. Um, okay, cool. Oh my word, that on, is funny. Yeah. But luckily, you saw okay. it. So okay, we're almost done. Well, well, if it, if it dies, you know what happened, right? I I would I would know. Yeah, I'll get you back on WhatsApp or something. Just audio. But but uh, okay, we can wrap this up now. I've. I, I only have a few more questions. Um, I, I really, what, you guys, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but you've, you've got a passion and are involved with an organization called Missing Children South Africa, right? Do you want to tell people a bit more about that and, and how they can get involved and help out? Missing Children South Africa is, I've been in, involved for about, uh, I don't know, 14 years. I've been the, the chairman for about uh, 12 of those years. Uh, and what Missing Children does, uh, and it's a pro bono organization, non-profit, and, and it, uh, it's a free service to the community, is um, what we do is we engage with the community and the authorities, the law enforcement authorities, as South African Police Service, and any other um, stakeholders, when a child goes missing for any reason whatsoever. And we, we almost act as a bridge between the community and, and law enforcement. And we, we make sure that everything that can be done is being done to find that missing child. And we also viralize uh, material about the child so that we have a vast social media network that we engage. Sure. And uh, it's amazing how many children are found because someone looked at the poster yeah. and then said, oh my word, I know. And, and, and it's amazing how many, wow. you, you know, we feel like it doesn't work because because when last did you look at a poster and say, oh, I saw that kid. But you know, someone has. Yeah. Someone has. Mm. So I always tell people, please take the moment to just look at the poster, look at the child, look where it is, and then share. And it's amazing how it works. Um, but we also do a bit of education as well. That's one of the tiers of, of our operations. And, and essentially, we have a, an 86 to, to, to 87% recovery rate on children that go missing. And... Um, I think uh, um, it's it's safe to say that that uh, we are the the largest non-profit organization of its kind in the country, okay. um, and also in in terms of our connections with uh, law enforcement and various other stakeholders. But we only have one salaried personnel, and that's our national coordinator. Uh, everyone else does the work pro bono. Thank you so much for you guys sticking with us. Next week we've got some really really cool. Uh, guests, I'm so excited. We've got Neville D, the singer from Cape Town. He's going to be on the show on Monday. Tuesday, I'm speaking to a pastor from the United States. His name is Jamie George, uh, an amazing guy who's built an amazing church. So exciting. Thursday, we've got Uncle Angus. So it's going to be an amazing week. Please stick with us. Please uh, make sure you tune in uh, every day. Some of the times will be a little bit different. It's not always going to be at one o'clock. We will let you know when who is on. Uh, and uh, th- yeah. so thank you so much. And uh, I hope you guys have an awesome Friday and a great weekend. And, uh, and with that, I just, just want to do a quick prayer with you and your families. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this time and your presence. I thank you so much for Nico, his wife Christy, his beautiful daughter Shay, and um, Ava. We pray that you will bless them, strengthen them, and guide them, that you will provide for them supernaturally, that favor will follow them wherever they go. And we thank you for the great work that they're doing in their communities. And we thank you for Missing Children SA, that you'll bless that organization as well. Thank you, Father God, that you bless them. And I pray also for everyone listening right now, everyone that has a disease or something they're struggling with, uh, for every marriage and family and child. We just, we, I speak life and healing and strength and uh, that, that there will be an enlightenment of the spirit of what is truly going on. And whatever lies or veils are, are are present that they will go right now in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you right now, Lord, that you bless each and every family that is involved in, in, in this talk today. 
Thank you, Father, that you love this nation. Thank you that you love every person in this nation. We bless it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, guys, for, for logging on and sticking with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week for our Love Unlock sessions uh, in the new week. It's going to be awesome. Please stick around for that. And also, please let people know. I would love for you to help us get the, the broadcasts out, the news out about who's on the show and, and get these messages out that I really believe can change people's lives. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you.